Mr. Fahad, welcome, welcome to to what to be conversations by another people. <laughs> you know your name is Mato. Mato yes. is also my name. Your I don't know. Is, yeah, I don't know if uh, yeah, I don't know if people told you. No, they didn't. So Javi and Gavi, to Jacob and Gavi, to Jacob and Gavi, to Jacob and Gavi, to Welcome, welcome to, to the to the podcast. Uh, yeah, so the conversation you had with uh, Debbie on the Mindspace podcast intrigued me a lot. Yeah. And I thought this would be so that I would have to have a similar version of that conversation on, yeah. on this podcast, right? And uh, the, the conversation that we want to have today is around uh, not just mental health, but also what are the structures around to manage this kind of thing in the country, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, also what are like these individual experiences where, you know, sharing stories or, you know, sharing uh, anecdotes could be helpful to, to like, uh, you know, people with similar experiences. Yeah, And, and, I, and I, I want to, although most of the conversation I talk about with uh, Debbie was around addiction, yeah. I probably will steer a little bit more towards mental health because I feel like... Uh, not all mental health is caused by addiction, right? Yeah. But some of these symptoms are very similar. You know, if you look at, say, I know psychosis, for example, if you look at, yeah, psychosis and psychotic mania, for example, that, you know, some of these, some people exhibit these symptoms without, like, having, being addicted to, to like, anything. Maybe they're addicted to, like, water or something and we yeah. just don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so yeah, that, that's, uh, that's the thing. And before, like, we, we move to the conversation, I wanted you to, like, uh, throw some light on your the period of time when you were like addicted you know like uh, from when to when and what are some of the drugs you've used basically some of just those specifics you're comfortable using mentioning them yeah oh let me see from my active addiction i think i was actively engaged in drugs for i think 10 years more or less because mm. i started earlier on that is before so I've been in the game for quite some time. I may not be very old in age, but old yeah. in usage. I see. And uh, are you comfortable mentioning how old you are now? No, I'm just I'm a humble 23 years old. Ah, okay. So, yeah. yeah uh, well, that's actually more than... Uh, people is nine years old. So that's like 14 years. Of using, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see, I see, I see. And uh, you started with marijuana, you know? Yeah. I started with... Uh, yeah, it was marijuana. Mm -hmm. Then the cigarettes... Then there was a Mayrunji, there was a Kuba. Ah, okay. Yeah, but some of these things, okay, I know marijuana is now getting to the same class, but uh, Kuba, for example, is sold on the market, mm. right? Uh, Mayrunji is also, well, it's legally sold, it's not illegal. And uh, yeah, but some of these things, to most people, they're not considered drugs at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, recreational substances. Yeah, yeah, recreational like substances. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you'd say alcohol, you could say a chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. So why are you, why are you classifying this as if it's the same thing? Because drugs are drugs. Mm -hmm. We just give ourselves excuses. In that I'm smoking marijuana. Some people actually think marijuana is not addictive. 
I'm one of those people. You are one of those people, but if I told you to stop today. Yeah, I, I did stop. You so. did stop? I, I was stopped. it easy? No, no, I, okay, yeah, true, 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 it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't but, easy. Because yeah, like, you will suffer from the ordinary withdrawals. Although mm-hmm. the withdrawals of marijuana, they're not really that severe. Because if you're talking about withdrawals of heroin, the cocaine, there's Yeah, there's and, a lot. and yeah, because I don't, again, I, I've used the marijuana, I think it's the strongest drug I've used. My, my marijuana has been laced with a PCP, I don't know if you know PCP. Yeah. Yeah, so it has been less, but that was uh, not my intention. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's sort of like as far as I've the gone up. Yeah, I've, I, I, I'm suspicious that I've been less by LSD as well. Yeah. But that was, I think, in food. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm not very experienced per se. Most of uh, the strong, well, apart from marijuana, most of the other drugs I've used have been uh, not my intention. Yeah. I've been by accident, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to, to understand, have you used uh, cocaine, for example? I've tried it. Okay. Because uh, it my cup of tea. I see. I see. Yeah. That that's tricky. Most of the some people I know, not most of the people I know, some people I know who use cocaine yeah. say it's uh, probably the best feeling for a drug that I mean, the best feeling the drug a drug can give. It uh, it's sort of like a combination of Red Bull and you know you you're it sort of more you yeah, yeah exactly you you're, you're more alert actually. It's not uh, so when you drink say alcohol, yeah. what you get uh dull sensations right uh but when you same thing when you smoke marijuana it's uh you get a little bit lost in your thoughts but still a lot of sensation i mean sometimes marijuana makes you hypersensitive to things but it it you're not very active you know but the alternative is if you use cocaine you're high up there you're high up there yeah you see it was speaking your poison you know by the time i I got to that point of using cocaine you know i'd really you're, you're now in the game Ah, I see, I and now this is now a transition from some heroin you get. So I also had to limit myself. I actually knew I had a problem at that moment, but I was having fun. I was really enjoying it. But I knew that if I risked and got addicted to such a substance, my hopes of survival would be very slim. So actually, unknowingly, I made a conscious decision not to risk to, that to, much. To, to risk, okay. Yeah. I see. I see. Let's talk about heroin as well. Uh, it's heroin I've never used. I've never been near. I even don't know how it looks, I'll tell you, right? Yeah. I don't know where people get it from. And uh, I don't want to use my podcast to advertise for the sellers. Yeah. But uh, heroin from the movies and from all the media it's getting seems to be perhaps the most dangerous drugs that people have immediate access to, right? Yeah. Uh from your experience, I've, I've also listened to, to uh, I think, a professor of some stuff in the U.S. saying he, he controls his heroin intake. So for him, he's not, he says heroin gets a bad rap. Yeah. Uh, and for him, he's not addicted, but he's a regular heroin user, right? But he's not addicted. Yeah, that's... But a regular heroin. Yeah, exactly. you exactly. the irony in that. No, but I, I, again, that's it. So there are two things, right? Yeah. We eat food, yeah? Yeah. But are you going to assert that we... Addicted to to like uh, rice or something. Is food a basic need? Yeah, food is a basic need. Is heroin a basic need? Uh, no, 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 it's so, not. So let let's stop. It's guilty pleasure. I see. Because someone is using something and they're okay with it. They're not really. They have the right to justify their usage. They claim they have the right to justify their usage, but it is ill-stated. You get it? Eh? He is an addict. He's just phrasing it differently. I see. Yeah, so the, the reason actually I'm a bit skeptic about the term addiction itself, right? Yeah. Is, uh, for example, I would use... Uh, what, what I'm trying to remember one thing I like to eat so much. 
I eat dates. Yeah. These both fruits that are very very Entende. sweet. Yeah, intend. Yeah. I eat I eat dates. Yeah, and whenever I have some kamani, I go buy dates and I and I eat yeah. if I see them on the supermarket. Yeah, but if I'm broke because also like the price is steep a little bit. If I'm broke. I never think about. I mean, I can see them at supermarket. I'm like, ah, today I don't want to spend my money on that, right? But when I have the money, I I buy them and I enjoy them very much. Yeah. Would I still be considered addicted to to intend? It depends. But you see, food addictions. Everyone can be addicted to something. Mm -hmm. People are addicted to social media. People are addicted to food. That is where gluttony comes in. So it really depends. What you see, one of the signs of addiction is powerlessness. You have no choice. Yeah, I see. Whether you have the money or you don't have the money, you have to procure the dates. The fact that you, you still had the willpower to actually have the money in your pocket mm. and say, no, mm. I'm not going to procure the dates, means you're not an addict. I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, and I think that I agree with that, kind, with that definition. And so this guy I was telling you about, that professor guy, and I, I forget, I'll just probably share with you uh, uh, the conversation I had it from. Probably one of those podcasts, maybe Joe Rogan or something. So this professor guy claims that it's the same thing with him, right? If he wants to, say, do experiments about uh, mind alteration, he will willingly take heroin, right? But he has been able to regulate his heroin intake for, uh, for a very long time. He does not consider himself an addict. You know, he, again, he claims it does not affect his social life. You know, if he needs to sort of get out of society to use some heroin, or do heroin to just record sort of the mental alteration as part of his research, he can do it. But if he needs to get off it, say, to go and teach, if he needs to get off it, to go and be with the family, he's in position to do all that. Yeah, so that is just ignorance about addiction. I see. Because using, using has very many stages. There's a recreational user who will occasionally go and touch the heroin yeah. once in a while. There's a functional user who actually needs the heroin to function. Okay, does it really need it to function, but functions while using. Then there's a dysfunctional user. Those are people that have stopped functioning in society. They're no longer social. They actually need external help. This is when you have actually become too powerless over your addiction mm -hmm. that you need external people to come. And that is why people end up in prisons. People end up in rehabilitations. So for him, he, I would classify him as a functional user. You get He's not socially disturbed by his using. Mm -hmm. Just like any other. We have so many functional addicts here who drink Naya Special. Yeah, every true. day, true, true, true. every weekend. But do you think they, know they have a problem? They do not. Because they are just ignorant about addiction. Only that they fall in the functional yeah. addict category. They so they don't think they have a problem. It is till they become dysfunctional that they will actually get this knowledge. I see. Yeah. And is it inevitable that everyone who gets addicted will at some point become dysfunctional? No. Ah, okay. So, from this, and I, again, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm just trying to have the conversation. I'm yeah. not pro addiction myself. Yeah. I, I've had my own issues with yeah. addiction. So, uh, I'm say what I'm trying to get at is: is there anything wrong with addiction if you can get yourself to avoid the non-functional phase of that addiction? Everything is wrong about addiction, because addiction is cunning. It is in the, in the essence of you think you have power over it. I can control. Now, he's using it for meditation, whatever he's using it for. So he'll take that heat of heroin. You get it? Eh? Yeah. Then the next day he'll be like, I'm in control. But tomorrow he has to use. He forgets. So he thinks because he's no longer dis, he's not yet dysfunctional, 
he thinks it will never happen. So it's very cunning that it enables you think you have power at the beginning till you're actually powerless over it. Because when you tell someone I have been using for 10 years but in a managed sense, it means it's just the Lord blessing you, keeping you in that state because people drink for all their lives and some never actually end up in hospital, they mm. never crush their cars, but they have drunk all their lives. His blessing is not your blessing. Listen, we're, not, we're not out here to justify people's using an addiction, but it's people's blessings that if, you, if you're not affected by your habits and your vices, I mean, we're not perfect. Kudos to you. But we're not going to put it out there that it's okay. It's okay for people to use. Yes. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, so now let's talk about marijuana first, right? Marijuana. I, yeah, I have, uh, I have experience using marijuana. Yeah. Uh, there is a movement right now in the West. The THC. Yeah, THC and uh, what's the other part? The other part is not even very psychoactive. Mm. Uh, another content, the other major substance within marijuana. But uh, there is a movement right now in the West, right? Uh, in the US, for example, a couple of states have started legalizing marijuana. Yeah. Uh, when in, tw in late 2019, I was in, uh, in, uh, in San Francisco, yeah, and I was able to, there's an app called Easy. I was able to get on the app, tell the guy I want this combination. So most of their marijuana is also processed. So uh, besides removing the herbs from the trees, they take them to like a, a factory and then they sort of... They grow houses. Yeah, so even with, even after that, so when, what you buy is percentages of the substance. You yeah. say, I want, uh, say, 20% THC or, you know, I want it to be this strong or this yeah. light, right? And these things are available on the app. You know, the way you would uh, order, say, Jumia food and you tell the guy, I want half beans and half chips and stuff like that. That is sort of the service that's available, yeah? yeah? And, yeah, I did that. I, I, I was trying to experiment and see how it is. I got my marijuana. They almost chased me out of the hotel because apparently they didn't allow to smoke from the yeah. hotel. But, you know, today, if there is now a movement to proactively legalize this shit, yeah, yeah where are you getting the audacity to tell people that it's... Uh, it's not good for their health? Exactly, yeah. There's, okay, let me first finish this. By the, there's also research that uh, things that are legal, you know, and I know drugs that are legal like alcohol, for example, right? Uh, way more dangerous if you look at numbers compared to to marijuana. And of course, most people make the case that it's not a fair comparison because since alcohol is legal, the sample space is big, right? If you look at people who say go into road accidents because of using alcohol, those are definitely more than those for marijuana because way way more people are using alcohol because marijuana is illegal, right? And so the the case that you know because alcohol tends to produce the sort of more adverse side effects in society is not a clear case for legalizing marijuana, but there have been many studies that show that uh, marijuana even, uh, well, not just marijuana, marijuana and uh, most of those psychedelics, right, uh, have been used before the whole white man civilization thing by a lot of the traditional people to, you know, meet their cure gods diseases. and stuff like that. Cure, yeah, cure disease is one thing, but also meet to like... Meet their gods, hallucinogens. To, yeah, to, to hallucinate and yeah, stuff so like that. So the good thing, the key word I'm going to take out of this is the West. Okay. Period. This is Western culture. When Travis Scott tells you highest in the room, they are marketing their products. Mm -hmm. You get. You you need to understand that these people live a very different reality from your reality. How so? How so? I, I want to understand this way better. Okay, so here is my reservation with that, right? Mm. If we are thinking of addiction as an individual struggle, yeah. right? If you're telling me that uh, because I'm not Western, I should consider marijuana an issue 
and someone else in the West shouldn't just because, you know, quote-unquote, the realities are different. What do you exactly mean by that? You remember those days when, if you actually told your parent you, you smoke marijuana in, in Africa, yeah. you already have a bad... But you see, youth is such a, a very intriguing stage. Eh? It's just guilty pleasure. Because you know the West, there are so many ideals we get from the West that we want to incorporate into our society. And they're not really, they're not the right ideals. Because mm. I, I mean when you're in San Francisco, if you went to those beaches, even the mere streets, I think you're seeing women walking half naked. You yeah. get it? Eh? Yeah. But trust me, you as a person, would you want your wife walking half naked on the streets? Well, in San Francisco, I wouldn't mind. In San Francisco, where are there, you get. Because yeah. you know when you're in Rome, you behave like the Romans. Yeah, yeah, it's true, like true, going true. to hell. When you go to hell, you're not going to be under the shade. They're going to scotch you. Yeah. You get. So that is guilty pleasure. These people are doing drugs, they're selling drugs, and they're monetizing drugs. You get. This from back then, I mean, from the opioid pandemic in mm -hmm. China, this, they know the effects of drugs. The U.S. government has actually funded drug wars and drug just to get people hooked, killed, yeah. and it's business. It's down to the numbers and down to belief systems. You get, we have lost our identity so much as Africans and as civilized societies that we no longer question systems. You get, these are the same people that bought us Christianity, but uh, up for LGBT. You get, can they read the same Bible that mm -hmm. they brought to us? Mm -hmm. You get, that is why I have, I have to, if I, if I am Fahad, I had to understand that Musa Jagwe, you are Muslim. You get it? Eh? And Islam is a way of life. I mean, I am so content. I am so peaceful. Tewali I see, I see. You get Yeah. I'm not for drug use in the sense of the recreationalism. Mm -hmm. But do you need to take drugs to do something recreational? Why don't you go hiking? Why don't you go jogging? We're just justifying the wrong things. Guilty pleasure. You take, some, you take pleasure in doing something that is wrong, but because everyone is doing the consensus that because, you know, they are doing it, as you said, you wouldn't your mind your wife being half-naked in San Francisco. It's guilty pleasure. Yeah, no, so, so what I'm failing to understand here is what's wrong with that, right? What's I, wrong with I, that? I sort of, yeah, I get the concept that this is guilty pleasure, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people like to hike, some people like to swim, some people like to walk, some people like to play Netflix, yeah. to watch Netflix, some people like to play FIFA, right? Everyone has that thing that they makes them content. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, what is wrong with me sitting, and again, I don't want us to use the umbrella term drugs. Yeah, you know, if we can focus a little bit on marijuana, right? Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, I know, for example, the... Uh, some of the stuff that American government has done, especially against uh, the black population with uh, the war on drugs and what the Brits also did with uh, opium in China, for example, you know, yeah, those are really extreme and that's typical of like, uh, you know, the white mentality, sort yeah. of the conquer the world the mentality. The white mentality yeah. that we are trying to adopt yeah, but, and justify uh, in our own country. Yeah, but, but the question of individual recreation, yeah. right? Uh, so I'm talking about some of the research that has come out, yeah, that marijuana is safe to use, you know, under moderation. The research that has come out that although marijuana, this is an, like, sort of scholar, I don't know if scientific is the right word to put it, but these are people like scholars writing in like uh, peer-reviewed journals and publishing their work and their work going, being accepted as, you know, definitive research, for example, right? Uh, and these people are saying, you know, using marijuana 
of course you know some people will have there are some people who are prone to you know to psychosis and stuff like that yeah but there are some people who get psychotic from alcohol as well right uh, there are some people who just get psychotic no one knows why they are they're psychotic but there are some people who just have the mania right uh, so some people might want to trigger that yeah but according to so-called research uh, it's not everyone right it's not everyone and there are some people who actually get uh, who are more creative under the influence right uh, say most poets that we read uh, most uh, musicians that we listen to they get more creative under the influence and the idea of people uh, so, sort of uh, and again this is I, I feel like i'm just playing devil's advocate here right i'm not uh, and i'm going to tell you my other reasons why i'm against this as well but the idea that uh we come out and just say you know let's legalize let's uh illegalize i don't know if that's the word let's make marijuana illegal for example let's let all parents just uh take measures to stop their kids from using for example you know most people are coming out say maybe this is not so a smart way. approach yeah yeah because i do believe legalizing it to some extent as well is a pro okay because you know let's take an example in the west those states where it's not legal they find you with it as a black man what will happen to you yeah true, true, you will true. enter the system you get it yeah so at the end of the day it also comes down to equity i mean it's just like alcohol they brand the bottles 18 and above drink responsibly alcohol is harmful to your health you get it but it's also a marketing strategy you know when you tell someone not to do something you're the curiosity mm-hmm. you're, you're making them curious i mean why are you telling me not to drink i mean i'm, I'm 17 just yeah. why not but they, they they never take the full mantle the blame the repercussions they do not know what the alcohol is going to do to the person who's drinking it you get it? it's like smoking your weed and whatever it might be good recreationally but to what extent the the extent of legalizing it is is fair for security purposes you get so, it? So. And to avoid discrimination. Oh, okay. Discrimination, I get. Yes, yeah. just yeah. the essence of discrimination that, you know what, yes, it's your vice. Everyone out there is doing, is drinking, is... You get it? So if you have decided to do it well and good, we're not going to punish you. It's your life. But act responsibly. Mm-hmm. The problem is, all that research you mentioned is they always add the, but using what? In moderation. It's like medicine. I mean, if you're sick, you have cough. Yeah. And you go and buy your cough syrup and you, you take two bottle tops. It's okay. When you finish the bottle, you're shlening. That's why they start telling you codeine, zinc, what? Now you're into drug abuse. You get Because first of all, they're drugs. Then from drugs, you get drug abuse. I see, I see. I so see. we are going to legalize. Let's say we legalize weed in Uganda, mm-hmm. which is very okay. Because mm-hmm. okay. I mean, we can't save everyone. I, I agree. I Knowledge agree, is a yeah. burden, but it's also a blessing. You get it. So when you legalize it, let's say in Uganda, you'd have given people access and people no longer be going to prison because of possessing it and whatnot. But it's guilty pleasure at the end of the day. You, how, how strong are our belief systems? Because we're living, as you said, the devil's advocate. We're living in the ways of the devil. These days are worse than Babylon. Everything that has been said and been written and has been prophesied has already come to pass in terms of sin. I mean, what do people do in this world that shocks us? Bestiality has been done. Homosexuality has been done. Incest has been done. 
Nothing shocks human beings. Yeah, uh, okay, I see. So one thing maybe I should just make clear. I I, I was raised Catholic, yeah. but I don't, uh, yeah, again, my inclination towards the good book and scriptures is... Uh, mm, it's vague. Yeah, it's so are you vague. bordering I, on atheism or Islam? Uh, no, I am. Uh, I say the one sort of spiritual practice I have is uh, Vipassana of the Theravada Buddhist meditation. And, uh, yeah. Above God Gita. Uh, yeah, so sort of it's, it's, um, I don't follow any kind of dogma, but I do practice sometimes, right? Yeah. I don't believe in anyone's uh, stories, quote unquote, right? So when, uh, when you read a book like the Bible that says, you know, in the future people will do all this stupid shit, right? And then you look, uh, there's, uh, I think in 2018, an American author, Steven Pinker, published a book called Enlightenment Now, where he's uh, justifying the age of enlightenment in, in, the, in, the, in Europe, you know, the age of reason where sort of that triggered movements like democracy and things like that, right? And he's saying, you know, since then, places in the world that have adopted the enlightenment ways, you know, reason, science, democracy, uh, what is the other one? Humanism you know, have tended, life for them has tended to get better, you know, and it draws very fancy graphs that show all that, you know. Uh, and, you know, from those old old days, pre-industrial days, people who have, you know, taken up these uh, enlightenment ways, their life has gone better, you know. And things that, that you're mentioning, you know, things that were prophesied, you know, bestialism, mass murder and whatnot, those have reduced significantly. Actually, he has a book way before that that mentions that even violence, you know, historically is getting... Is getting is, is reducing and he he claims this to to the enlightenment you know the that period the enlightenment period and uh when i read or when i hear people quote prophecies right from from say the bible and things like that uh it's uh for me i feel like maybe they just don't understand history at the scope the global scope you know of how things how bad things were then you know where it was legal to buy slaves for example you know the biblical times where it was legal to buy slaves and it was legal to be entertained by slaves fucking say donkeys or some shit like that right that bestilia where it was legal right now people do that shit but it's illegal you know you do it and it's embarrassing it's not going to be accepted anywhere but yeah so in my in my opinion let's say those prophecies were false you know the world is actually going away from what they prophesied yeah uh the 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 actual conversation that i wanted to to like have was around uh what's the word you know a more like today if you look at drug use today you know what would be a more realistic solution and we are going to talk about like religion you know, and the impact of that right but i wanted to talk about like what would be more convincing why you where i don't have to share certain beliefs i don't have to for example if i'm atheist or if you're like muslim and i'm catholic for example we don't have to find like a common belief a common sort of god to approach this issue of of addiction or like of drug use for example yeah and uh I know that you're, you're running an NGO and maybe we can sort of divert a little bit to that as well you know you're running an ngo and what you're doing is Awareness mostly. Is it awareness mostly? Or, yeah. yeah, first tell us actually about that. Yeah. Oh, he's the Hayes Music Foundation, started by my cousin, who is also an addict in recovery. So we have a network of people we work with counselors, psychiatrists, mm -hmm. rehabilitation centers, 
And you know the occasional going around to do the footwork, going to schools and spreading the message. So basically, that's it. It's, it's more about educating the people and the masses okay. about the dangers of addiction and drug use. You get? Because it all starts with education. We are so ignorant about... Because even we thought we knew when we were still using. It is only when we accepted defeat. You get? Because it's that whole thing you, you talked about, how we can talk about a, a unifying factor without talking about the Lord. Mm-hmm. In recovery, it's not about the Lord. It's a higher power. I see, of I your see. understanding. I see. Okay. It's the first step. Actually, the first two steps of AA and NA, that is Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, talk about a higher power. You have to believe in something much greater than yourself that will restore you to a state of sanity. If mm. you believe that for you, you can make clouds, I'm sorry for you. You get, there are things that are beyond our control. Yeah. And we have to attribute these things. We have to give respect and how can I say it? We have to give respect where it is due. Yeah. So for the Christians, it may be the Almighty God. Some it may be Jesus. Some it be Buddha. Mm-hmm. Others may mm-hmm. be Allah. By the end of the day, there's a higher power. Yeah. Okay, I see. So we believe you have to accept powerlessness. As I said earlier on the podcast that I did some time back, you are only a human being. You can only help me to the extent of your ability. But there's the higher power who is perfect, omnipotent, all-knowing, mm, mm. and you accept your powerlessness over your illness because it is insanity. Addiction is insanity because insanity is described as doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I mean, today you have smoked your, your blunt. You have smoked two blunts. Yeah. Tomorrow you have smoked two blunts. Thinking your problems are going to go away. You do it over and over and over again, expecting different what? But you do not know that depression is heightened when you are intoxicated because you know whichever mood you use is a mood you go into because if you go to a bar very many people are using for different reasons yeah there are those that are celebrating there are those that are, have been divorced people have lost jobs there are those that just had nothing to do and they're just drinking you get so we have to admit our powerlessness to a higher power and submit and know that i have failed to do it on my own but I do believe by entrusting my problems onto something much greater than myself, I'll be led to a point of recovery and sanity. I see. Yeah, I, yeah. And I mean, I definitely don't disagree with with that. That one negative there, but I, 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 I don't want to say I totally agree. But there is nothing that that I disagree with yeah. uh, from what you've said, right? Uh, although from my approach, like from my own experience, uh, it's important to know why someone started using drugs, right? Uh, like, yeah, for example, for you, a nine, I can't speak for that, definitely. I, yeah, you know, the person you are right now and the nine-year-old who was smoking with is, like, totally different people, right? Yeah. Uh, but from my, when I was in high school, I used to sell weed. You know, I would uh, jump out of school, go procure weed, come and sell to rich people's kids, and I would, you know, be able to sustain myself and... Oh, yeah, okay. I'll be able to have extra money, basically. It's not sustaining. I had enough to sustain myself. But uh, I was scared, again, because of the stories and uh, the sort of stigma around how, you know, why one shouldn't use and, you know, the negative stories around usage, yeah? Uh, and so I, I, I left high school, and I think my first year at university as well, 
I had never I never smoked. I used to drink but very very casually. I I I just don't enjoy drinking. Even up to now it's something I can do but it's it's not for me. It's so basically you are you are following the number one rule of plugging. You don't get high of your own supply. Yeah, so yeah, that that was well, yeah. That was well. The money that came in from the guys would give me enough money to buy things I actually liked yeah. rather than using my own supply. Yeah, but I also by the time at this I didn't I never tried like weed. Yeah, I'm saying like you are actually selling the weed but you are not using yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was not using it. Like yeah. so many people actually have liquor shops but don't drink liquor. Yeah, true, 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 true. But you know because everything is spiritual. I, I, we're going to because this is yeah, 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 a big yeah, conversation. Yeah, 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 we're yeah, going yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. realistic things. Yeah, yeah. Everything is spiritual. Yeah. I mean if you sell someone a bottle of alcohol and this person commits murder, I mean, ordinary society would tell you you have no crime. Mm-hmm. But on the moral side of it, you are part. You get how so, it? How so? You're on the linkage. How so? Because you see in Islam, our, our God yeah. prescribed condemnation to the person who grows the millet or sorghum to be used for production. The company that brews it, the people that transport it, everyone on the chain to the final consumer. You are all one. Mm. I mean, why do you, if if you own a brothel, you're not the one having sex there. You're not the one engaging in immorality, but the brothel is yours. You get, it goes down to guilty pleasure. Yeah. So, yes, you are not smoking the weed, but you had an effect on... Whoever, because like, I'm sure some people might have even gotten expelled, but because of yeah, yeah. solidarity, yeah, yeah, they yeah. let you off the hook. You get, but you were part to blame. Because if you had not brought that weed into the system, I see. So there is the other conversation, uh, the Vanyankole conversation. Mm. You know, if my father doesn't steal the money, mm. someone else is going to steal it. Right? So, <laughs> if I didn't uh, sell that weed, someone else. Someone, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's. Thank you for bringing up that, that example. If someone doesn't steal the money, eh? <laughs> yeah. someone else will. Someone else so for yeah. you decide to steal, yeah, it's no plan working for your own money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get so it's all guilty pleasure. I mean, in life sometimes there are, there are no great situations. It's either black or white, right or wrong. So the other, the other, the other way to look at this, right, is the guy who sells a knife, right? Mm. So uh, I sell. I have my liquor shop. My intention is not to sell to people who are going to knock other people, right? And I've, I, I accept to put those uh, stickers on my shop that stay don't drink and drive, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but the example of the guy who sells a knife, I sell the knife for you to take and go and peel at home, right? Yeah. Peel your matoke at home, yeah? But if one day your husband pisses you off you and you use the same knife, yeah, you use the same knife to cut off his You use alcohol to wash clothes. Why, why do you? No, no, no. But so I'm saying alcohol is used is for consumption. Yeah, but the majority of people who consume alcohol do people don't have weed? No, but that's Were they using it like <laughs> that, kayana, that, yeah, kayana or something <laughs> like that? But it's the same thing. People don't use weed to kill people. People don't use weed to do bad shit. People, most of the people who use weed or use alcohol, mm-hmm. use it to have a good time. And those are the people to I'm targeting. Yeah, to have a good time. That is. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this trend of party after party in Uganda, uh, people are miserable. No, true, true. I agree. We I agree. are very, very, very poor, first of all. We should acknowledge we're in a third world country. Yeah, yeah. That we actually look at ourselves as competition. How can you be my competition? Yeah, I know. I, I agree. People I agree. out here, I agree. we are masquerading. Misery loves company. Yeah. People go to bars day in, day out, not because they are happy. Let us stop parading vibes. We are happy. You are happy, what? 
Like you wait the whole day, you wait for 8 p.m. Then you come out and start shouting you're happy. For you, during the day, what were you doing? People mm. are out here mm. peddling, people are struggling to make money. Then they go to bars, party after party. Let us stop being hypocritical. And people are depressed, people are sad, people need company. You see, there's, you know, like a gang, you know how mobs derive their energy from? Yeah. Numbers. Yeah. Strength in numbers. When you walk into a bar and it's full, chakute. Even if you didn't have fun, yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. be like, man, chakute. Yeah. Uh, no, I've seen that. That is true. You that feel is me? true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. But man, people are drinking for, you You just try it today. You go yeah. out and ask 10 people why they are drinking. But I guess the question is, what's the alternative, right? Because, and I agree with you totally. Yeah. You know, most people are drinking and most people, most the majority of people who use drugs is because they're depressed. But most people go for these alternatives because, you know, the, the other alternative is what? What else am I going to do? Stay home and meditate or and read the Quran? What, what am I going to do? You see, the problem is eh, we are cowards. Okay. We are cowards. It takes a great deal of courage and honesty eh, to be really honest with yourself. You get it? Eh? We are cowards and it's fear of flight. Human instinct. Mm. People are always drawn to the easier things in life. People do not want to confront their own problems. You get The alternative, trust me, is painstaking. It's a very slow, painful, and gruesome process to recovery. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. trust me, the benefits, yeah. the benefits outweigh... It's only when you have actually tried the alternative. The problem is being high is the new sober. No, no, I agree. People I agree. don't, I agree. they don't have the alternative we are talking about. This is when they're actually going to get the alternative. Because yeah. mental health is so underrated that people have, they think they have no alternative. That's the problem. They think their life is as it is. They don't see their life. Imagine a 30-year-old, 33-year-old, a 40-year-old. They have been living their life for 10 years. And lo and behold, most of their dreams may not have come to fruition. Because, you know, trust me, when you're in the bar, I don't think people make friends in the bar. Yeah, you make drinking buddies. You make drinking buddies. You, tomorrow you go, you become hospitalized and see if they want to drink. I agree. No, no, I agree. I agree. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. A wealthy man yeah. on Tuesdays playing golf is going to the sauna. This is, you know, you're not going to meet business people in Kafundas at your Manya Duran Jacks, Manya Cadiente. No. People of substance. The problem is we also entertain a lot of mediocrity mm. because we're already suffering as individuals we do not want to surround ourselves with people that challenge us we want to be in a state of yeah, you know yeah. it's, a, it's a comfort zone no no I, I agree but yeah so i i okay so i agree with everything you've said yes, right the what alternative I'm, yeah exactly. we're talking about the alternative yeah, yeah yeah just be honest with yourself so what uh so yeah again you're right yeah but you also the word is you're making this so simplistic, right? There are truths that I think I know, right? When I read the Bible, yeah, yeah. and I read some of that uh, shit Jesus says, I'm like, yeah, you guy. Yeah, you're on point. You're on point, you know. Mm. Maybe you did not fly to, to heaven on a cloud. Maybe that is vague there, but you're on point. Yeah. This thing you've said about uh, truth is the, the truth will set you free. That thing is so true. It's true. Yeah, but now when you come back to your life, right? Mm. How yeah, do you apply? You yeah, yeah. How do you apply this thing? You know, for example, yeah. And and I, I had a I had an issue with uh, with marijuana myself, right? Yeah. I used to. So let me first tell you the story of how I started smoking, and, and and actually that's what I was going to. You know how you start because for me I felt it was a mo- it was the biggest part of why I stopped, right? 
so going to university and uh, you know most of my high school, I was very shy. You know, just naturally shy person, uh, and you know very reserved, very shy, very quiet, very reserved. Right? Insecure. I remember. Huh? Were you insecure? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's uh, obviously psychological and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't analyze myself, but I'm sure it's you know you it's, it's one of those. Uh, very cliche psychological things, right? So that was who I was at that point, right? And I struggled a lot during that period to be people I admire, you know, like you watch a movie and you watch this guy pick up like 20 chicks, what, 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 and you're like, you know, yeah, I want to be that guy. But moving out of the comfort zone, what you're saying, you know, moving out of the comfort zone, saying, saying to myself, you know what, today, I used to watch like YouTube clips of like uh, those uh, pickup guys saying, you know, go out, and pick, talk to like three girls today on the road. Yeah, and I would watch, I'd be like, yeah, today I'm going to do this shit, right? Be- okay, by that time, that was the most important thing for me, right? And then I would go out, go on the street, yeah, see the three chicks pass by, see the fourth, the fifth, and the hundred. And I just can't get myself to say shit, right? No confidence. Yeah, no confidence at all. Until, uh, I think uh, I was in Amsterdam then, I think. It's very recent, yeah, not like 2015. The weed capital of the world. Yeah, yeah. So I was in Amsterdam, the, the time, no, 2016, before Trump became, was elected in, I think, yeah, yeah I think 20, one of those years, maybe late 2015, yeah? So I was in Amsterdam, and I was with the guys I worked with, and they were all Americans, so they hated Trump, obviously. Uh, and we were arguing, and I was again the devil's advocate. I was saying Trump is the baddest guy America has ever had. <laughs> what, what? And so we go to a coffee shop. So, coffee shop in Amsterdam is where you smoke from. And we smoke and we debate and smoke. And that's the first time I'm. I think I, that's probably the most high quality shit I smoked, the first high quality shit I smoked. But that's the also the first time I'm smoking casually. You know, it's not like I'm experimenting. It's not that I'm trying to. I, I was already scared. Even before when I was selling marijuana, I was really scared of like using it. But when I was in Amsterdam, I was like, yeah, let's go for it. And I I go, I remember there was a UFC fight. I forget which one. It was that same night. So I go and watch TV when I was high. And I, I could feel the punches. You know, the guy was, the, the guys were fighting. I would really see the punch landing on the guy and I would feel the pain. I decided to go and sleep. I woke up in the morning and trapped one. Yeah, And I was a different person. I, I literally remember my life. Before that moment and my life after, I was confident. We we're going out, we we're chatting. Would go to to bars. We talk. I call for like those boobs for my bosses, and I would be there. And also one, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And like I attribute all that to maybe there were like other things, but in my story, I attribute all that to the marijuana, right? So at some point, it starts to wear off. I come back home like a few months or so. It starts to wear off. And now I, I start to feel like I'm going back to my old self, you know. And I'm like, you know what? I know the solution now. And I pick up a spliff and I smoke. And yeah, I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. When it doesn't work, you make excuses. You know, it's a, and I, I hope I don't offend you here, but it's the same story I hear people who believe in, like these pastors say, you know, when the past, when the, when Bonye prophesies something and it, something, almost something like it happens, they're like, ah, see, our guy is a real guy. If it doesn't happen, they're like, ah, you know, they, you know, they create excuses for the guy. That was the same scenario I was in, right? But then at some point, the, the sort of the slope became very slippery, right? Uh, I would smoke more than once a day. 
I would start now cutting work to smoke, you know, shit like that. And yeah, I, I didn't have like a higher power per se, like a God to pursue. But for me growing up, I was always worried of poverty, right? Uh, we were not from, our parents are not that rich, but we were okay. Growing up, we were okay. But I was always worried that if I sleep, I don't have the kind of parents who will, who will pull me up, right? I have to like keep myself up there. And so the thing that scared me the most from like falling deep down was the worry that I'll become poor at some point. You know, when I start, when now the addiction stops me from working, right? Uh, yeah. And then now I start to like sit down and rethink, why the fuck am I smoking? Right? Because for me, again, I enjoy the weed height. Even like up to now, you know, I, I quit and I smoked a few times after, you know, I think you mentioned that in your uh, mind, the, 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 heads, the headspace. Relapse. Yeah, relapse. You mentioned relapse, you know. And, and I would relapse, you know, I would quit. But I've, I, I enjoyed all, all my heights. Okay, not all of them, but most of my heights, I enjoyed them. Uh, when people are smoking around me, I get the nostalgia. I remember how nice it is to like be high. You know, for me it was real euphoria, right? But I make the decision to, you know, do the hard stuff, be honest with myself and be brave and all that because there's a bigger vice, right? If I keep smoking, I'm going to become poor. For me, that's, that was the only thing that worried me, right? I, right now I'm thinking if I walked on the road and I picked a million dollar briefcase, I'll probably just go back to smoking because now my biggest oh. worry is over. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, uh, that, that's the thing is, you know, I remember where I started, and at that point, I think I'd cracked the confidence game. You know, I, I was not super confident, but I was just naturally confident. I was confident in a way that I was comfortable with myself. I would have conversations with people I wanted to have conversations with, and it now didn't make sense. Now I was going back for the euphoria, right? I, I just enjoyed sitting down and reading a book when I'm high, right? And... Yeah, it's so graphical watching like uh, Game of Thrones when you're high and, you know, everything's so impressionable. Like I enjoyed those moments, right? But quitting is because of that. And, and for me, the, the question is, how do I transfer that, right? Because I feel like, and I can't say, again, as you said, you know, if you're an addict, you're an addict for life. I think for me that, that hit right, right? I feel also like anytime I can sleep up, right? Yeah. Anytime I can sleep up. But... These, these days that I've been able to hold myself up, you know, how do I move that, you know, the stuff you're doing with your organization, how do you move that to help the next guy, yeah. right? How do I make sure a guy who's struggling, who still thinks the advantages to using, right? How do you help them, first of all, not switch off, but turn down until zero, right? Because I felt like for me when I was getting off the weed, that was the case, you know, uh, first uh, the discipline, you know, smoke, if you smoke Wednesday, uh, skip Thursday, smoke Friday, you know, yeah, that stuff, that stuff. And then, okay, now smoke twice a week, smoke once a well, week. Until, winning off. Yeah, something like winning off, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I'm wondering, you know, how do you, like, package that message in a way that is comprehensible by an addict, a person who's actually oblivious of their struggling, you know, yeah. they don't know that. They have a problem. Yeah, they don't know that they have a problem, but you can tell them, hey, you know what? Uh, if you tell them the hard lessons, you know, just be honest with yourself. You have to do the right thing. The, the fruits are there. That is just not convincing. It's too much to take in. Yeah, it's too much to take in. And yeah, it's scary, actually. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So how do you like structure the message in the way? How, like, I don't know how you guys doing it from, yeah. say, what you're doing. Yeah. To structure it in a way that someone can 
they don't have to feel like they are giving up their life to to, to yeah because one counselor actually used to say when they tell you to stop whatever you're doing it's like telling you to stop doing what you love it's very hard it's very painful but it also starts from the people giving help i have to embody the message to all the people out there who I tell, you know what, we quit, we did this and this. If ever they came and they found me on the other side of the wagon, that would mean a lot of trouble. I would have given ah, those okay. people an excuse to what? I see. Go back to yeah, their yeah, true, true, true. Then another key part of recovery is it's one day at a time. First, it's knowledge. First, you plant the seed. You know, Rome was not built in one day. Sugar cane mm. doesn't grow in one night. You get it? Eh? You plant seeds. First is knowledge. You inform. You let the person know that you know what there's a problem, but it's not that bad. I mean, there's so much hope, and we have so much time. Yeah. You get because recovery is one day at a time. You say as an addict, you also know that the probability of you using again is always there. Yeah. You only pray for today. Yeah, true, true. So you have to release. There's anxiety that comes from thinking about the future. In that respect, what am I going to do on Sunday? What am I going to do on Saturday? Detach yourself from the future. Only pray for today. Only make sure you do not use for that day. Because it's in those small steps, mm. in those baby steps that you create progress. One, because there are people who can't stop smoking. They are chain smokers. A person smokes two packets of cigarettes a day, three packets of cigarettes a day. That person is not like the person who's smoking two cigarettes a day or two joints a day. You have to understand people's skills. Yeah, yeah. So you have to, first of all, regulate. Win off, as we say. Cut down on the usage because the only place you may be able to go cold turkey, call in is when you're rehabilitated or, in, or you're in prison. That is when you're actually, the access is cut, totally off. cut off. Yeah, yeah. But when you actually have access, it's about building, first of all, acceptance. Because mm. the first stage of being an addict is denial. The person has a problem, but they don't believe they have a problem. They refuse to accept they have a problem. Yeah. If someone is not willing to get help, they are in denial. And that is one of the hardest people to help. Because that person will always believe they're right. And if someone believes they have no problem, you can't give them a solution. Yeah, I'm too hard. Yeah. So, eventually that person who's smoking two packets a day, three packets a day, tell them, man, you know, let's turn it down, get them to two packets a day, get them to a packet a day get them to 30 cigarettes a day, get them to 10. Eventually, in those baby steps, they'll start smoking two. Mm -hmm. They'll start smoking one. But they have to be willing to let go of the habit. I see. Because if you're, if, you know, as human beings, if you're looking for an excuse, you'll always give yourself the best excuse. If, if you have it in the back of your mind that, ah, oh, man, next week I'm here struggling, but I know I'm going to touch, you have killed your recovery. Because you're already planning a relapse. And you know relapse is not even a sign of recovery. It is a sign of, the ad of your addiction re-manifesting itself. Yeah. So, once the person makes it the first day without using, they are going to experience so many changes. First of all, sleep. You're going to... Because learning to do things the sober way is also a challenge. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to have to learn how... Because it's going to be exciting, but frightening at the same time. Because the thing about recovery is the fear of loss. Because using became your identity. Yeah. You didn't know who, 
you were without the bottle, you didn't know who you were without the cigarette, you didn't know who you were without the weed. Because at the end of the day, it's now part of your persona. So that fear of what will I be doing when I'm not doing what I used to do? What am I going to do yeah. when I'm done doing what I love? I mean, what <coughs> next? So that fear of loss. So eventually, when someone overcomes that fear, now recovery starts. Because that's where the higher power comes in. Mm-hmm. You accept powerlessness. You accept how powerless you are. And hope and faith are all you can cling on to. That you know what? I'm letting go of this bullshit. But I know my tomorrow is going to be much better. It's that hope. Because people out here are dead inside. People have no hope. If someone has no hope, has no faith, they're just, they're existing. They're not living. Yeah, the, the, so the, the thing for me that I had, uh, the, rather the, the issue that, for example, in my case, that I had, especially with the concept of God. And again, I was raised, uh, and to reemphasize it, I was raised Catholic, and I used to do the church thing, Mojiji, uh, what's that confirmation thing, right? No, I went and for I, confirmation in my P2. Okay, now we're going to start questioning investment. <laughs> yeah, but I used to I used to do that, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I I was very good at it. I was very good at it, and uh, I you know the stories for me fascinated me. And I remember when I was a kid, mm. the one thing that I was most scared of among everything else was God. You know, because again, the stories about God knowing what you're doing, what you're thinking, and whatnot. Yeah. So every time, and I think this is for me that was the root of like my anxiety and shyness, right? Like growing up. And, you know, there is this idea of someone, because again, when people are telling you about God, they humanify him, you know, some, some way, because they say God is this being that you think of him as a person. And when you see, you know, the movies of like Jesus, the white guy, or, you know, God in the sky with the, the white guy with the white beard, right? When you're a kid, those are impressionable, right? Those leave a, a significant mark. So you're thinking this white guy with white beards looking down at you, seeing as your thoughts. portrays him. Exactly, yeah, as a waste for him as black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's uh, so. I'm saying, like, for me, like, from my POV as a kid, again, by this time, I'm not very, uh, I'm not exposed to like Western perspective as Western perspective. By this time, I'm taught Western perspective as the way things are, right? Yeah, is the norm exactly as the norm. Yeah, so you know, most of, of that, when, when I start, when I start with my struggle to like quit, yeah, one of the thing that. I realized that I have to do first was first let God go as well, you know. Uh, and and the reason for that is, for me, what what you're saying, uh, sort of submission, for me came in as an excuse, right? And I would remember God when I'm now lighting the weed, or when I'm at the guy's shop, you know, when I've gone to the guy's shop now to buy, right? That's when I'd be like, yeah, that's when I'd be like, you know what, since you're powerful, if you wanted me to stop, you'd just, you know, yeah, click your fingers up, yeah, yeah, just make me stop, so let me do it because you're full. And and the thing that I, again, I I took on a a meditation practice, right, and uh, I think for me that was mostly what reinforced my own will, you know, how to master attention. Sort of mastery of self. For me, it was mastery of attention, basically, if you can... Uh, because again, when I was busy, if I had like projects and I had, say, I had to play football and I had I had a lot of stuff to do, I would go like two weeks without smoking, right? Uh, and, and that's the good thing with marijuana is it's not, it's not like cigarettes per se. Uh, it's not a thing you crave. It's uh, when you're busy, it give, it gives you your space. It's those times when you're bored, 
when it comes in as an alternative you know you're like ah shit now i'm done with everything what the fuck should i do now it depends that is a functional addict in you speaking yeah, maybe okay yeah, for, oh yeah yeah no true true by the way yeah, for, for, for my experience yeah, yeah it was it was that you know like when i'm done with like work and done with all oh, like shit has become so hard you know that mom, those moments you are normally you procrastinate you know you have a big task and you just don't know how you're going to break it down and you're there sitting you're like now what the fuck should i do that's when the marijuana would come and be like oh don't don't forget you know you have an alternative that can take you away right and and that's that's like where it was but for me the decision to like say uh you know the higher power you know there's no higher power this is just me right and uh, for me that was actually my moment of recovery like i don't uh, first of all nothing is so special and again i i spent a lot of the thing that i enjoy i i maybe i got much from my my moment of using was uh from the meditation also was the mastering the attention thing so before when i was in school i wasn't that bad i was just you know average student but i also never put a foot yeah and i was uh dyslexic so i didn't know this until like maybe university right i can't like give me a book and i read after one page i just don't remember what i've read right but marijuana would take that away so marijuana would help me actually focus i could read uh, i read game of thrones the books right and i could read very huge books i couldn't i may be harry potter i read harry potter when i was a kid but apart from harry potter i never read any other big books i never read uh, lord of the rings or any of that fantasy stuff and that's the stuff i really enjoy right but that could take me away because i was smoking right and so when i start to weave off most of the the consolation i had is i had read also a lot of like physics and a lot of like neuroscience and a lot of that shit that sort of put a structure in my head in my mind about how the brain works for example and all that stuff and i was able to say no i don't like a higher power this is just a brain doing this I, and I, of course i don't understand these things scientifically but i had like an analogy basically you know something i could place in my mind and say uh this craving is because of some chemicals and some unreal i know some technical terms like that that would console me yeah are you an atheist uh, no i'm i would say i'm I don't really think about God. I don't think the God question now for me is a question at all. What do you believe happens when you die? So that's the thing is you think I believe that I'm alive. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're making the assumption Never? that I think that I'm alive, right? So again, this is, is this an illusion. No, it, it isn't an yeah, illusion. So, to you. so this is what I do no, in my real life. Yeah, no, let me first I'm explaining this. Yeah. I'm a software developer, right? Yeah. And what we do is we build some automated shit, right? Mm. You can build a robot that communicates with, like you can have a chat with a robot and you, you can't tell, for example, that this experience wasn't with a human being, but with a robot, right? That is possible, right? But now the question is, from the robot's perspective, does it exist? It can fulfill that function, but does it, is it alive, right? Does it think it's alive? So. All this, I think, we're talking. And again, if we, we can go into like some deep philosophical shit, most of this again, I got messed up when I was smoking. So I have that I excuse. Actually, yeah, <laughs> it's a very nice excuse. That's a very good excuse. Yeah. Because you see, at the end of the day, may I tell you this as a brother, you shouldn't run away from that reality. You get mm. another thing about religion. Yes, there's a lot of blind faith that comes with it, but you know we're not stupid people. The Lord gave you a mind or whichever person you believe in. He gave you a mind to question systems. I mean, yeah. I know what Buddhism says. I know I've been in 
Christianity for I don't know much longer than I've been in Islam. Yet I was born Muslim. You get. By the end of the day, you have to contrast and see what works for you. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I mean, the alternative is you throw them away if none of them works for you. And yeah, for but me, th- that throwing them away is, is, is a bit risky because, you know, what if you are wrong? Yeah, so this is a thing. I've, and, uh, let me let, let's uh, maybe lighten the conversation there's, there's, down. There's a, a what if. Yeah, so oh, here's the thing. Wrong, yeah, mm. but remember, at least I tried. So here is the thing, right? But you, if you are wrong, my friend, there's what they call, yeah, we're on earth for a very brief period of time. I mean, how long? Today you can die. Even tomorrow, I mean, today can kick and kawe demu. But you see, there's eternity. Here's the thing, Fahad, right? If, say me, uh, I don't believe in God, uh, right? I die and I go to heaven. And how? Uh, okay, you go in that place where God is judging you. Well, this, we don't know what happens. We don't know what happens. No, I'm no, telling no, you no. what I think happens, there right? No, no, no I'm not going to heaven. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so. I die and I go to what? To to the to, hell. to the court. So before before like hell and heaven, mm. you go to the court and God is telling you, he's reading the book of life and he's like, yo, you did not believe in me, you're going to hell. Yes. What impression will I have of such a God, for example? You know, like with my mindset right now, I'll look at God and be like, yo, I didn't know you were there. I didn't believe you, you are there. Know. I didn't believe the stories. Yeah, I didn't know. You didn't know. I didn't know. No one knows. Everyone who believes assumes, right? So, but, but you... But you concur that when he's judging you, you still use your not knowing as an excuse. Yeah, exactly. Now I know. I've seen you in Kurabi, Katinziza, I'll believe. Right? But, but okay, but oh. here's the thing, right? No, no, here's the other thing, right? You, you, who is believing, uh. just in case you find God. Uh. Yeah? Do you think God is that stupid? You'll be like, yo, since you pretended to believe in me, just in case you come to heaven, I'm going to let you pass. God just is going to be like, yo, no, you need to know also why you are too honest. The, the whole God thing is very fugazi, you know? It's, 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 it's a confusion. You know, it's like, like sickness. Prevention is better than a cure. No, but God is not is not an idiot. That is no, the other no, no. thing is that you people see, who, who believe an in idiot. an idiot God who say, you know, I can pretend to believe in God just in case he's there. It's such pretense. Well, if you believe in him, <laughs> then you can't pretense. have the conversation. So people who I know who believe don't have this conversation of and this is a Buddhist Buddhism yeah. thing, right? Buddhism aim for enlightenment, yeah. right? And when you become a Buddha, there, there are no stories, you know. You, there's no talking, right? But you, you know, you, you know the story of Krishna and whatnot. No, no, the Krishna thing no, is but different. You see, so, so I'm talking about. No, uh, and you see, yeah. we're still talking about Indian whatever. That's so Hinduism. Most, most of that is Hinduism. I'm, I'm talking about like real. Okay, again, I'm not very. Um, those are read stories, right? But uh, the Buddhism thing, I've actually yeah. practiced, yeah. right? So, so it's. I, I, and what do they say about what happens when you die? In Buddhism? So Buddhism believes in reincarnation. Yes. Yeah? So whenever you incarnated, you come back in a different form. Yeah. Depending on what you did in the previous life, spiritually. But that is if you don't die as a Buddha. The Buddha does not get reincarnated. Yes. The Buddha is living their final life. Uh-huh. Right? So for you believe you are in your final life. Oh, no, there's no believing. Again, okay. if I'm not in my final life, I'll come back as a goat. Then the goat will die. It will come back as Museveni. Then attain, yeah, until uh, I become a Buddha. Exactly. Full spiritual. Yeah, yeah, until I become an enlightened and I become uh-huh. a Buddha. Exactly. But yeah. you, you believe spiritual enlightenment is the highest form of enlightenment. Again, say, that, so the fear of God is the what? The be- Wait, I, I, I know. The fear of God is what? The beginning of all evil. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Yeah. That's how you say. Yeah, the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. Of all wisdom, yes. sorry. Yeah, yeah. So okay. when you merge, when you merge your Buddhism, yeah, yeah, yeah. the reincarnation, that this is your last life as this being, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. So you're still waiting to attain your Buddhism. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. So I don't. I said don't. It now. So I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Why would you want to come back? No. No. I'm saying I'm not going to defend Buddhism. I'm not, no, no, I'm saying, this is not what I choose. So I'm saying, you know, I don't want to come back as a god either. But I'm saying, I'm not trying to defend Buddhism dogma either. Yeah. I'm saying for me, whether it's Buddhism dogma, whether it's Christianity, whether it's Islam, whether it's uh, Hinduism. But whether a higher it's, power. It's, no, that's what you I'm saying. You don't believe in a higher what power. What I'm saying is, we are biological organs, right? Yes. I believe in uh, Darwin's shit of evolution, mm. right? We are biological organs, mm. right? And what we are is just a complex system that we are not capable of reverse engineering ourselves, mm. right? We need like an alien to observe us and be like, oh, look at these idiots. And he knows where to trigger us, right? So you, you, you have the guts to believe in an alien. Of course, I mean, what, what are the odds? Power? No, no, no. What are the odds that we are special? No, no, sir, I what, know enough what science. What are the odds that we are special? So you believe that we are not special. beings much greater than us. No, I believe there are beings that are different from us who mm. are able to observe us from a unique perspective, mm. a non-conscious perspective, right? So for us, we are blocked like by... the higher power? No, not the higher power. <laughs> it is... So the same way you look at a dog, right? And uh, this, is a good, this, this is a good analogy, and, and, and I made it once, right? If you, if you have a farm, right, mm. and you use ox to plow your farm, yeah. right? The ox, in itself, yeah? doesn't know it, it it knows there is a human right in charge of it yeah it knows there's a human somewhere a mysterious human so it doesn't have the concept of in charge right it knows there is a human and it knows that it has been put on earth to plow this line right and it can be innovative it can be faster some days it can be lazy some days to signal when it's when not well fed it can get sick and wonder it knows that you know what there is that guy who i see coming every day a mysterious guy, I don't know his intentions because the horse for it doesn't know that it's building a farm. It just thinks that it's what? It's plowing a line. It doesn't just think. You see, these they have minds. Yeah, and I'm saying, but they are, they, and they, they they actually have information comprehensibility. Just I mean, it can't look ours. at a farm and say, wow, like a, a farm of maize, and it says, wow, wow, that is my work. Oh, no, but you know why they are domesticated? Because they can be mechanized. Because they can be mechanized. Because they can be mechanized. A lions are domesticated nowadays, my friend. Where? Yeah. Yeah, you man. Yeah. You've not seen those movies of, no, of, of Arabs, Arabs in Saudi Arabia, like, rich people having you know, lions like in their the, houses. The, over the, what do they call it? The best friend syndrome. When you have a female as a best friend, mm -hmm. it's like wearing a chicken. Eventually, that chicken is going to what? Yeah, okay, I see, I see. Yeah, it's yeah, going see to grow, you I see what you and you're going to eat it. Yeah, yeah. So, when you have a lion, you'll have the cub, yes. But when it grows, my brother, there's no one who knows you. It will eat you. I agree. I agree. Yeah, so don't tell us Mbolayons are domesticated. It is uh, okay, a wild yeah, no, no, You're right. You're right on that. Yeah. You're yeah. Right, yeah. So I, okay, let's leave the higher power talk. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah no, but I think we'll have that conversation. Yeah, well, we should topic. we should come and have another podcast about on, on the higher power, specifically about God. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's go back to to the addiction thing. Mental right? health. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, mental health rather, right? And for me, the most curious thing that I've had, some of the the, the thing that I've always wanted to solve yeah. around the mental health sector is how to reach out to people in a way that, because for me I know for sure that yeah. it's possible to recover from the thing, right? And, and and one thing I didn't mention is during my period of using, yeah. I also had like very uh, frequent psychotic moments, right? Yeah. And but right now I know for sure that there is a path from like being mentally ill, you know, being, say, for example, psychotic, yeah, to getting back to, you know, 
maybe not your previous self but getting to back a to, a, yeah, to a better version of yourself to a normal state right yeah. and uh you know right now i think that was a good thing that i i got to that psychotic state you know the stuff that i know now about how yeah about how say my mind works about how the about some of the assumptions i made about the world that i needed to unlearn to get out of that what that phase yeah that, that phase and but the thing is and again recently we had a friend who also had very diverse uh, effects from using and yeah he had real significant mental issues yeah and at this point like everyone around him was scared yeah i wasn't because again i was there so i knew if the guy doesn't use and if he takes sort of the right medication i know at least for sure i mean chances are that maybe i was special but i doubt that you know he's going to recover right but at that moment most of the people around him were scared yeah and because this is foreign you know the, the thing about mental health and the stigma that has that you know is is part of our culture about mad people is this guy Yeah, mad people is a very strong Yeah, term. yeah exactly. That's uh, but that's a word, you know. That's that's the social word. That's what they tell. Yeah, yeah, that is the social word. I remember word. the first time someone called me mad when I was having one session. I was like, ah. Yeah, exactly. So so exactly so there's a, the the stigma that comes with that is most of say the, the society around him, the parents and the siblings. First of course the first question is, you know, this motherfucker has been bewitched. Yeah. Right? That, that is usually the first thing and then obviously the second one is does he use njaga and again njaga is a very umbrella term for if for yeah, everything, everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't know what you're using yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah so 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 that yeah but how do you like not just the guy who's suffering who's going through this phase because i remember one of the things that i would tell like say the siblings i was talking to was you know how like this is a burden to you so guys would call me that like yo over the guy has refused to shower the guy is doing this weird shit he was okay f- five minutes ago me i'm tired what what that shit and i'm like you know like how you're going through all this terrible shit that guy is going through a hundred times worse because he's at a place where he's questioning his own self being yeah. you know that that's up and and you know like how do you create like maybe systems or how do you create like programs for example yeah where you help not only him but also his environment yeah yeah his immediate people the people around him um it comes down to awareness we have if we are targeting 100% i think mental health in uganda we might be on like 2% mm, mm, mm. we are so ignorant people are so ignorant about mental health issues that when you talk about butabika they don't even know there's a drug they don't even know there's adu there's a word for you get for the drug side of things yeah. they automatically think oh you are good at exactly yeah. they think you are on your own shit and man your wires just what yeah. they just crossed witchcraft yeah witchcraft what there's so much superstition yeah that that has been brought down from previous generations because most of our parents most of people's parents actually yes they were smokers some took some weed most are alcoholics but this new generation they have no idea like that the challenge is affecting this new generation the ones above us are oblivious to them no offense no, okay i see no no yeah. i see what you mean From and i totally agree supposed yeah, to be yeah, creating yeah, yeah. policies in schools because it starts with education i mean our whole education system in uganda is a bunch of bullshit Yeah, it's no, a bunch no, of bullshit. I totally agree with you. you get, yeah. We can't even sit here and sugarcoat. So many parents still think 
send your child to school, get them a degree. Which job are they? Have you left employment for that kid to come? Because most people don't realize out here that we are competing with poor parents. I see. Same yeah. resources, same facilities. That is why we are so impoverished in third world countries. We can't even look at ourselves as competition. Because it's like a, a tree. Usually, they would rot from the roots. But our tree rots from the top. There's the people at the top are very hopeless and unbecoming. Mm-hmm. They can't provide any solutions to the layman. They do not know the problems suffered by a layman. I mean, a rich person's child will become an alcoholic. They won't even know the term. They will just go to no. Nakasero, rent out the first floor, they rent out the detox floor, detox him, and the kid gets back to his life. You get. But if these people in those places knew that we can actually revise our curriculum, our education curriculum, incorporate some of these things, why do not teach kids about addiction while they're well, still in school? school yeah. Which is where most of them actually start picking up. Yes, this is where all our vices start from. Schools, homes, because you don't blame <coughs> some of our parents. They, they, they acquired an outdated system of education. Yeah. Which system they still believe is their reality. Because they are living their dreams. I mean, they have constructed homes they drive cars, mm-hmm. some have businesses here, and they, I mean, they are living their dreams. They don't know that we can't live their same dreams. No offense, but yeah. the pressure on this generation is so much that I myself personally, I would not want to associate with mediocres. I mean, if someone's dream is to own a car, own a house, I mean, those are basic needs. No offense. Yeah, yeah, That's accommodation, sure feeding, sure and housing. It can't be a dream. I need people... I need your dream to scare me. I mean, three years ago, I was talking about presidency. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, never know one day I can become president of this country. You call a relative and they're like, don't say these things on my phone. The government is hearing. Yeah. Well, they are right. I mean, they are right. Did the paranoia is real. Yeah, no, Katumba is a mediocre. No, yeah, no it's no, no. okay, but he had, he yeah. stood out. No, so if you want to be president, that's very different from no, wanting I'm, to stand as president. I'm just telling you yeah. about people's dreams and ambitions. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree, because I agree. I agree. our level of education, first of all, teaches you to be a job seeker. People do not know this till they have actually graduated. Hmm. They, they only come to realize that, hey man, the things we used to joke about are actually real. Our dreams are so myopic in our ordinary Ugandan setting. That is why you find people thinking that going out every day, 24-7 or every weekend, is mm. vibes. I mean, that is, it's a narrative. Yeah, it's yeah. a facade. People are depressed because they can't see past their nose. Some people don't even know when they're next, because they're living paycheck to paycheck. They have, it's their lifestyle. All they do is work, eat, party, Sleep, repeat. So, the, the, uh, I don't know if you've heard of, like, uh, of uh, the system in Portugal, right? Uh, in Portugal, uh, they've delegalized. De- I think the word is delegalized or something. So, in Portugal, it's not illegal to use, right? Uh, although it's not also legal. So, it's not criminal. They've decriminalized. It's not legal, but it's not criminal. Yeah, I think that's the right word, right? So what happens is you set up an institution, for example, then Joe Yorani, yeah? And you set up like homes for people who say are addicted to, say, heroin, for example, those, that strong substance stuff, but who want to get off. And in this, you know, Michael Jackson, uh, like in his last days, he had like a doctor who would prescribe him just the right amount of heroin, you know, to keep him going because he was managing his addiction. 
sort of but apparently also overdosed right you can never manage an addiction so no but this is working in portugal that's what i'm actually saying right in portugal what they're doing is you can set up an institution yeah that picks these uh druggies off the streets you know most of the homeless people who are like addicted uh, put them in the institution and treat them winning off what you call winning off right treat them with a managed dose until they recover and you know they start like a full rehabilitation process they go into like now no more rehab and then they go to like the next stage of like you know uh, recovering in society and stuff like that right but the first stage they do is because they're allowed to like purchase you can purchase heroin uh, the first stage they do is you can purchase heroin with, for, as an institution uh, bring all these people people who are addicted uh, come in and have like real doctors administer these drugs with like the hygiene is kept you know most of the stuff that makes uh, using say drugs like heroin dangerous is the hygiene around like syringes and stuff like that right but most of those small small things institutions like this are able to like curb so you know i've always thought of that as well as because most of the people who say recovering from addiction means stop yeah for me from reality of life i know recovering always means reduce right reduce 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 until at a point where you feel you're comfortable enough to be you know to live to exist without like overdoing it and and this is working in portugal portugal right now register yeah go ahead let me there are so many things we can actually talk about from what you've said yeah yeah let's start from the difference between portugal and uganda yeah I, i'm not going to buy the culture idea in, not at even all. the culture yeah. idea okay. i mean do you know what it would take to go to a ghetto in uganda because let's say 70% of most of the people in the ghettos are actively yeah. engaged in marijuana usage. Yeah. Yeah. So when you tell me you are going to open up homes, recovery is not just about getting the person to stop. Stopping is easy. Yeah. Sobriety is a heartbeat. Yeah. That is why I want to disagree with you when you say recovery is stopping. You don't you you make a conscious decision to stop. Okay. Because when you're an addict, you're either sober or not sober. It's like telling an alcoholic who has liver problems. You get it? Eh? They have told him, stop drinking. But because he's still an addict and he's still in recovery, he still needs to take his whiskey. He's going to die. Yeah. If you're blessed, you are using marijuana. Other people do not have your leeway. Because class A substances, sometimes you do not have... There's no plan B. In that, your last... Your, whenever you use, it can be your last time. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, uh, and whenever you're telling someone, you know what, we can win you off, win you off till when? No, so I'm saying, I'm the saying essence. this is working in Portugal. So this is like not me arguing yes, with you. This is working, working in Portugal. In Portugal yeah. But we have to take into account they have different resources from us. Recovery is not only just about stopping, but reintegrating people into society. We are very poor. Yeah. So you're saying in a world where we had the resources that Portugal has, this would have been viable. I mean, if if. If I, had a, if I had a billion dollars, okay. why not engage in philanthropy? Do you think, how many philanthropists do we have in Uganda that have money to spend? Because treating an addict is very expensive. Trust me, there are recovery homes in Uganda, not even rehabilitation homes, but recovery homes in Uganda. And if you do not have 1.5 million shillings a month... What's the difference between recovery homes and, and rehabilitation homes? Oh, a recovery homes? home, you have a lot of leeway. I mean, you're allowed to go out, do your things, ah, come back. I see, I see, you get, I see. but you are managed. You get, they keep you in routine. It's just you being reincorporated back into society. A rehabilitation is, you know, rehabilitation. There are four walls. 
no access, no freedom, till you earn it, you get. So, and recovery homes, the one would, would actually, our NGO, the one we actually put forward, the, the fee is a bit on the high side, not on the high side, but I mean it's 2.5 million a month. Oh, I see, I see. Wow. So, how many people can, actu- how many people yeah, can yeah, actually yeah, afford? Yeah, I see, I see. You get. So, we should stop praising the Western ideals and saying these things are okay. When it's starting out, it's very cheap. But the repercussions of mental health are severe and dire. I lost a brother of mine earlier on this year. He was an addict in recovery. But he gave himself an excuse. You know, it doesn't take relapse. Doesn't, it's a sign of the sickness remanifesting itself. My brother didn't have a second chance. The day he relapsed, in the period he relapsed, because the last time I saw him, he was in recovery. Two weeks later, they tell me he's dead. And because of a relapse. And he was an alcoholic. It's not that he was even using cocaine or pethidine. Mere alcohol that you get on the street for 1,000 Uganda shillings. So we should stop engaging in guilty pleasure. We should separate right from wrong and know that drug use and alcohol misuse are very harmful to your health. Not only your physical health, but your mental health. Because your body can may recover fully, but some of the effects to your mind yeah, yeah, I agree. Actually, I agree. very permanent. I agree. I agree. Yeah, so, so as we conclude, by the way, uh, what, what percentage of this do you blame on the structure of our society, right? For example, you talked about the ghetto and you talked about the tree rotting from the leaves from, yeah. from the top, right? Most of the people in Uganda know that merit alone cannot make you. Right, uh, and this is not like a Roma. This is sort of yeah. A so many belief. first yeah. classes are seated at home exactly. and peddling. Yeah, and I know a guy. I, I was reading some guy's Facebook thing about a guy who got a first class. The border guy the border, who's yeah, working yeah, at man, that, that well. freaked me out. It freaked you. Out? <laughs> In my own family, I have people who have MBAs but are seated at home. Yeah, no, no, no. So I, um, yeah, I mean, I know that. And and the thing is, if you if you have a home to sit at, that is one thing. Right? We're privileged. Yeah, exactly. That's that's some sort of privilege. But if you're in a ghetto and you know your parents stay in a muzigo and they thought this was your way out. And you went and did your best. Mm. You went, you got the degree. Uh but you know, like the reality is what? You just can't get employed even after that degree, mm. right? Don't you see like this is the option? You know, like for me, I blame a significant chunk of this again on society. Not because we don't have the structures, as you mentioned, to rehabilitate. You know, uh, Butevika has a terrible, terrible brand. Uh, But also the fact that if the path to success is so opaque, you know, that you don't know if, you know, getting an education can get you there or getting the right thing. you, You just don't know what the right thing to get to become successful is. Yeah, you know, isn't it that the option now is to self-indulge? You know, let me drink a little bit more to to stay frozen here. You know, to pretend that the world is freezing. Let me smoke some marijuana. Exactly what people are doing. They are coping. Yeah, exactly. That's because we are cowards. Well, I would say it's a society is fucking us up. But okay, cowards yes, can also we can be, always yeah. blame society. Yeah, and we trust me. Remember, if you're looking for an excuse, you always give yourself yeah, the but best. But some one. excuse. I mean, because society has 
I'm, I actually agree with you. Society yeah. plays a very big role in our setup, first of all. By the end of the day, you have to detach yourself from the world. Because remember, first of all, you are you as an individual. You get So if you're looking for an excuse, you always give yourself the best one. And you have to remember that everyone wants to be successful, but not everyone has what it takes. You get The sacrifices successful people make are beyond what we can perform. When you dwell in mediocrity, trust me, if five of your friends are mediocre, you're the sixth. When you read of stories of Wavamono, you read of him publishing a book in 2000, but the book is over 300 pages. You get, this was a millionaire in US dollars in the 80s. I had to rob the bank, but okay. You can't say he robbed the bank, yeah. but go and read and educate yourself on okay. how these people made their money. Yeah, yeah. People don't just come for. That is why these tycoons who come around flashy, flashy. Yeah, yeah. They go. Quick money and flashy money is. is, is it never lasts. So you have to, we have to be very honest with ourselves that yes, my society has a problem. Yes, I've, I've not been. I don't come from the wealthiest family. I come from a shitty country. I have shitty leaders. Everything about my situation right now is shifty. But you have to make a conscious decision to change your what? Your life. Yes. Yeah. Because it starts with you. Yeah. We have to be the change we hope to aspire to see. I see. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Yes. I, I, so I agree. it is inside out. If I want to be treated in a very good way, if I want to be kind, if I want people to treat me in a kind way, I have to be kind. If I want people to empathize with me, I have to be empathetic. You feel me? Mm. So you, we ha it goes back to the internal structures of it takes a great deal of courage and honesty to be honest with yourself. How many people have actually ever done an inventory of themselves? You get How many people actually know their character defects? How many people actually know their strengths and weaknesses? Like, get a pen and write down. We are too scared to comfort our own realities. You get We spend so much time on social media taking shit from people because someone posts, I mean, wherever we are here, I can post and man, I can make people think like as if I'm living the best life. Yeah, no, I agree. You get okay. it? Yeah. People are so, we have created alternative realities to our own. We are not aware that, man, I do not have a million dollars in my pocket. But how much is a million dollars? People are making this money every fucking day. And we're here saying, you know what, society, society, that. I mean, fuck the excuses. Yeah, no, so I, I, I agree with you part of it, but yeah, again, I think that these fine are excuses, but that doesn't invalidate them at all. You know? It does not invalidate them at all, but at the end of the day, no one is going to help you. If, you, if, you are, if, if, if it sticks in your mind that you are actually in this world alone, you get it, eh? in that there are those moments even your mother and your father cannot help you. You see, the problem is people have not yet suffered. People don't know there's blessing in suffering. You get, because mm. man, I mean, I'm here with my cousin, but man, we have both been arrested. We have both been, I, we have been, you get it. You go to rehab this, you go to police that, you go to women here, you are in. So if you have not yet suffered, you may not really understand. You will be around masquerading in life, not knowing that any day, it can be your last day. That moment when you are actually alone in this world, and you actually know that even the person who brought me into this world, can turn against you. You may not understand. Yeah. No, no, I see. I see yeah. what you mean. I so, see what you mean. most successful people 
those that were not born into success have actually had to suffer first and suffering is a blessing i mean if you don't crave failure i don't know when you'll ever be successful because most people have actually never won at things you see if you have never won at something you don't know what it takes you get it you know it means to to represent to work in a team or to win something you 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 have been a loser all your life and you think you just wake up one day and pray to god for for victory no man yeah. Yeah. A champion is not made on the final day. Yeah, no, a I champion see. is made in training. You get me when I was playing rugby. I mean, I, I keep on telling a story. I used to be the fakest rugby player on my team. You get till one day, man, I trained for five weeks, got onto the bus, and a fellow classmate of mine told me, man, he cracked a joke. I was like, man, banoba fan, baba kolachi. Ah, my G, I didn't even change. We got to the venue. I stayed in my uniform. I was really demoralized. But I made a promise in my heart. I was like, one day, I'm actually going to write this list. And your name will never what? Appear before mine. I trained even when I knew I wasn't going anywhere. You get Five years down the road, it took the school five years till I was captain for them to attain the victory. The success we first got to when I was there. Do you know what it means? We represented Uganda and actually we brought back the highest medal they had actually ever what? attained. And this is not a sport man you're over playing, over, or you're playing cricket. This is a physical sport. You get When they tell you you're the fakest rugby player on your team, do you know what that means? You have to level up in all aspects. So if you do not know what it means, in the right now, I can't even play the sport I love because I have permanent injuries. You get I have to go for surgery. But that is the price you pay for success. I see. So let us stop Putting yeah. blame on society, man, yeah, I come from a poor background, man, yeah. man, look at Bobby Wine, man. So, no, I mean, b- before we risk, you know, the the, normal, the the most common joke right now, social media, mm. of uh, inspirational speakers telling uh, people how they uh, start restaurants with one race. But no, no, so yeah, again, the, 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 the conversation that I was driving to was people who are not attaining for success. Yeah. People who are just attaining for, for survival. For survival, yeah. To get to that threshold where they're confident that this will be a good week. Yeah. You know, like I'll have uh, lunch and supper yeah. for the next five days. Yeah. Uh, like for me, those are people I'm looking at. Of course, yeah. They're impoverished. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the people who, who have been cheated, you know, people who. Cheated maybe is not the right word. People who, who yeah, cheated. People who have been cheated. Who have fallen in society. Yeah, yeah. People who, who are poor. But not because they are lazy, right? But they are poor because they just don't have access to the opportunities. They work hard. They've done this. They've done everything they've been advised to do. But they, you know they are not naturally creative. That's again you blame God also, right? They don't have like the creativity to make Bobby Wine's music or you know, blah blah blah. But they've done the basic things they've told them to do. You know, go to school. The guy has gone. Get a degree. The guy has got a degree. Uh, look for a job. The guy goes to Kampala Road every day to find a job, right? Those people, there's still a significant number of those people who still don't make ends meet. And the only alternative for them is, you know what? Do drugs. Yeah, let me drink, drink, alcohol. Yeah, drink alcohol. You know, like drugs may be even a big thing. Let me drink Just alcohol. Just drink your, your, yeah. your PDD, your cassette and yeah, drink alcohol. You you but drink. I mean, kudos to them. I mean, not everyone is blessed. It depends on your perspective. Because, yeah. you know, your perception of reality is, is what you make it. If you believe the world is against you, it will be against you. I mean, everything starts from the mind. Our thoughts, our actions. 
I mean, we have 24 hours a day. You can blame whoever you want to blame. All in all, poverty can also be your challenge from God. It can mm. be decreed upon you that you will be poor till the day you die. But I mean, people define success differently. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to have a lot of money to be successful. Because, you know, society has... Fuck society sometimes. I mean, may I run a personal campaign, I told you. The boss campaign. Build habits of success. I have four aspects I work on. The body, the mind, the spirit, and my social life. I mean, social life, that includes finances and all that. But that's a by the way. I still have three other aspects of success that can make me happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we also have to come down and accept our own reality that, yes, we want to be the next Zuckerbergs or whatever, but you may not be. Yeah. Most likely you yeah. won't be. So, be content. I mean, if you're married, you will definitely not have the most beautiful woman or husband out there. You just have to be content with where you are. But it comes from accepting your reality and making a conscious decision to change it. Because no one, and this is a guarantee, no one can pretend to care about you more than you care about yourself. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Fahad. I, yes. I totally so agree. We can, me, whenever I see poor people struggling, I mean, we're empathetic. I feel bad. But man, I can only do so much. Yeah. I say a small prayer for them and I move on. I yeah, mean, I'm man. also struggling, man. I also want to construct my own skyscrapers. We're not here to uplift everyone. Sometimes you have to let people go. I see, you I see, see. Yeah, those people have not yet suffered enough. No offense. But some poor people who have been poor for the past 10 years, I mean, how do you be poor for 10 years? We talk Oanga. So what do you want the guys to commit to say? No, let yeah. them first suffer. Properly. 10 years is not yet enough suffering. No, sometimes <laughs> it's not enough because the Lord, the Lord doesn't give you more than you can chew or fall. I mean, if you have okay. been poor for 10 years, clearly you have showed your will to survive. Yeah, you see. You get it? Yeah. So first suffer properly and the world molds you eh, to that point where you'll be like, you know what, eh? You get it? Eh? I also want to eat some chicken. Trust me, in that moment when you have made a conscious... Day, people keep on lamenting. They don't decide. They lament. Man, do you. Yeah, I mean, you can do you and yes. Museveni still takes your land. Takes your land? Do you know how much land he has for several to think about you? Oh, but it does take people's land. Are you saying we are delusional? Ah, yeah. So you can do your land, it still you takes see, your land. So I'm saying, land, no, 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 I'm saying. If the by, question, time, by the time you have land, yeah. you're not poor. No, So that, those are people that are out of the question. But people have to suffer. The, the thing is, again, the, the reason I, it was important that we sort of critique society a little bit yeah. on uh, why, you know, it's a big cause of the situation mm. because most of the critique of like society could be prescriptive. Right. Yeah. If you say, for example, that uh, one of the big things that for me pisses me off is Botavica, the state of Botavica, yeah, and it being sort of almost the only one government institution that handles this, right? But when we l- look away from this, right, and yeah. and you know, like most people, when they get to this mental situation, when when they get like mentally ill, you know, either from drug use, alcohol use, or other factors, right? You know, genetic issues or, you know, other factors, something else. Butabika is not, is used as a threat. You know, what your parents would do is, ah, you, you guy, you're mad, eat food, or tomorrow I'll take you to Butabika, right? So, like, uh, 
if we have like this is a public institution we pay to to, to actually sustain when you buy sugar part of your tax goes to making butabika star alive mm. right if if we have a society that is sort of rotten yeah rotten to to the extent that even us people who are recovering don't will recover and get to a place where we're, we're well off but instead of saying you know what if i'm to you know i would have this would have been a better process for me the recovery process would have been better for me if there was an institution that would help better but if we if we look at it from like where society has failed us and instead point to the victim and say oh you know why are you poor for 10 years and things like that that again is not very prescriptive and you may be right you know people are poor for 10 years maybe it's their fault but that that is not helpful at all right what would be helpful is what are those things that you think society can do right society can and for me again one thing i point out is let's build the institutions but also you know let's educate the caretakers and the the, the homes you know if you find homes people are struggling with say a mad person you know how do you educate them enough to know that he's still a person right and things like that you know how do you what are those small small things you can do in society to get this shit to work better for people in, we need with mental as i told you we're fighting ignorance yeah society yes has a very big role to play we will never downplay the, the effect of society and how bad the situation is in uganda because the rate unemployment is ripe I mean, if the mango is supposed to be ripe, I think now it's even rotting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I get agree, it? But it comes down to individuals. Does it though? I'll always tell you it comes down to individuals. Because when you suffer and they have taken you to Butabika, my friend, you are there alone. Yeah. For you, by the time you reach Butabika, if, you, if it does not click that you have a problem, you okay, actually so, really so, do So I'm talking about people there. who have... And again, I'll say my, my addiction broad psychosis right yeah. now when you get into that manic state yeah. sort of what is real and what is fiction yeah. kind of fuse a little Grandiosity bit yeah, and, yeah, all yeah. and all that stuff right so if if i'm in that state yeah. right i'm not going to go uh, in butabika and start self-reflecting and be like oh shit okay now i'm mad now i need to do the right thing you know by the time it's now beyond the individual because now the individual's mind <laughs> is yeah. infected yeah. right so right now it is up to society to be, yeah, yeah, to help you. And that's it's a submission thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah you know, so that we're, we're fighting ignorance. We're going to do our part because I don't believe very many NGOs have come up and tried and done all these drug awareness campaigns and mm. all that. But I don't think there's going to be an NGO as, as successful as ours. I see, I see. And I think this is going to be a personal commitment because, you know, people say a lot of, they do a lot of talking and not a lot of doing. Yeah. But I do believe, man, we are actually addicts in recovery ourselves. You inclusive. Mm, mm, you mm, get it? Eh? Mm. So it's different when we're not doing it for the money, we're not doing it for the prestige, we're actually doing it to, to cover awareness. I mean, quality attracts quality. Yeah. We're going to do our part, we're going to get our stakeholders on board, and we're going to create awareness. I mean, so many ads. People, how many people watch news in Uganda? Yeah. Millions of people. Are there any specific parts of these programs that you could share you know some specific approaches that you guys are taking that you think are NTV, unique ntv actually does a very good job there's a show the ntv perspective okay they actually do a very good job hosting there's a, a, a gentleman called bill bekunda is a recovery coach does a very good job they actually hosted hayes as well mm-hmm. here on it so they actually do a very good job trying to create awareness on mental health but i mean it's a sunday evening it's not as much attention 
as we'd want. And financing is also a bit challenging because awareness, all these things need money. They need a lot of money to facilitate the information getting out there. But we, that's all we can do, actually. Awareness. It all starts with awareness. We're going to plant these seeds, hopefully to the highest level. Because, you know, it all starts with the foundation. If your foundation is not strong, it always crumble. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to build our steps slowly by slowly. Hopefully, in 10 years, mental health, someone who will be entering university, someone who will be entering secondary, will actually be aware and at least be able to keep track of this what? It's just yeah. like malaria. I mean, when you start feeling the fever, you start getting to know that man. I see. So you're saying most of the investment you're going to put is in going to is going to be in education. Education. I see. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that. So yeah, uh, we are being chased away from here, by the way. But before we go, what is the legacy thing you have? You know, this is a question I usually ask people who come and inspire us. Legacy. I want to know what they want to. I didn't know. I was here for yeah. yeah I, I want to know. You've inspired me. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm inspiration. saying. Inspiration. Yeah. Like, what is that My one vision. thing? No, no, not, not like the vision that, you yeah. know, like, Fahad, today you're 23, but what is that one thing that at such a point as when you achieve it, you'll be like, you know what? Me, I'm done. Fahad, uh, I've made it in life. Or, you know, I'm ready to die now. This is it. What is that one thing, legacy thing, that you think you, you should do before you die? Very. Depends. You see, because my success is defined in four aspects. Yeah, yeah, true, true. You want all the four aspects? No, you, you just, whatever one, whatever one you're yeah, comfortable saying. On the religious yeah. side, yeah? Oh, you're getting <laughs> Thank you. On the religious aspect, I'd really want to, to create more awareness about my religion. Islam, Islam mm -hmm. because very many people are ignorant about Islam. About Islam, because you know it is in Arabic. You get eh? And also, and Hollywood is not very fair to you guys. Hollywood. Yeah. You see, America. You see, plus Americans. Eh? <laughs> the West. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you Islam. see that speed they create. So uh -huh. there's a lot of unnecessary pressure. Because I mean, I'll go to Instagram. I'll see all the girls with the big bunole, and man, they will be. Then I'll go and listen to the music. Hayes is telling me to clap it, what? And I'm like, you guys, you know what? Eventually, even my thoughts will be programmed in that manner. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah no, three years ago, me, I was ready to get married. <laughs> I was ready to get married. I was ready to have kids. But man, the world, <laughs> this world is not your home. I mean, we are laughing, but back yeah. then, when did people get married? Yeah. True, true, true. I man, know my grandmother was married at 16. Imagine. My mother for my mother. Yeah. So why not me at 20? Yeah. yeah you get yeah, it. But yeah. you know the Lord also helped me understand that I was not the person I was supposed to be then. I was living a life that wasn't mine. You get Now I want a woman to actually get my women because I want to have wives. You're Muslim. Yeah, that yeah. is also setting the distinction. You see, people get things twisted to what Wakatandik and you think it's a joke. I'm telling you, and they're like, so we need to start practicing these things openly. I see. I, I see. mean, if I'm, if I'm dating her, let her know that but man. On Tuesday, you on a different date. Uh -huh. So that man, when, once we eventually get married, she will know she signed up for the what? For the major league. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I also so want great awareness for Islam mm -hmm. in my country. Mm -hmm. I want to help sports is actually very underfunded mm. yet we have so much talent 
in Uganda. Personally, if we can get health insurance in Uganda for sports, I'd actually be very grateful in that respect. And also create awareness. Very few people actually engage in things that benefit their body. You get because someone who works out, someone who jogs twice a week, thrice a week, you can't compete with me, man. People who have done sports are actually very successful people. Successful in what? Running or doing other things? Minus those that are impoverished and just doing it for laser fair. But I'm talking about the holistic individual. Because when you go to Legends Rugby Club, you'll see them. Okay. Then on the mental aspect, I actually hope to really empower my country to, to, to attain a level of quality, free healthcare. Oh, I see. Okay. Hopefully. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. majorly, I think that's, uh, that's a noble dream on the mind side, actually. Okay. We need to have another Butabika, but on a level that is not stigmatized. Mm, true, true, true. So hopefully by the awareness would have created 10, 20 years down the road, some of these things won't be issues. And because not only does the addict suffer, but also the people around them. Because remember, addiction is a family disease. And everything related with mental health is actually a family disease. There's so much trauma. Mm -hmm. The addict gets punished actively for the rest of their life till they actually make a decision to change. And the family also incurs shame, stigma, the financial implications, you get. So that is one of my goals as well. Then on the social bit, I mean, in 10, 20 years, hopefully, we shall be teaching people how to create real wealth. What is real wealth? Real wealth. Real tangible assets. Like, I mean, you don't even have to work. Financial freedom. We Bitcoin. Need Hmm? Bitcoin. Uh, uh, not those are what, what are you saying? Uh, uh, yeah, first explain to me what real wealth means. I mean, look at this establishment. This is we are going to be teaching people to build houses. Real estate, I mean. Real okay, estate I see, development. I see. Things that are really, really tangible. And how is that different from what people are doing right now? Who is teaching you? No, me, I'm not interested. But I'm sure this guy, someone told him. The girl be someone told him? Yeah. Can you link us up? Do you know what it means for this guy to give you time? No, I'm saying like someone to give you time. You know mentorship is very underrated in this country. How many people have actually gotten mentors that can actually show them the ropes? I see. That I see. we actually have mentorship classes. Come and learn how I did it. You get it? Eh? Wealthy people, so that they are stingy with their wealth and knowledge, but I mean, he really worked so hard for it. Eh? Yeah. Some of They're them so really busy. Don't They're so like that super level. busy. Yeah. yeah, so me, not super busy yet you're wealthy. Yeah, people are busy. No, Again. no, no. You see, wealthy people, there's a difference between a wealthy person and a rich person. Who, who do you know is wealthy, for example, so I can assure you how busy they are? Bill Gates, you think Bill Gates is wealthy? Bill Gates? Do you think he's wealthy? Are we still talking about Bill Gates, you guys? Is he rich or wealthy? He's Not, wealthy. Yeah, exactly. So I'm saying, Bill Gates is probably one of the busiest people. Busiest people? In the world, yeah. He's doing things he loves. If you're doing no, things I mean, he loves, it doesn't matter whether you love it or not. Philanthropy has nothing about being busy. Yeah, I think it doesn't matter. I mean, he's out there donating money. Let's, 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 let's accord respect to people's time. A rich person is a person who has to work every day. If you don't work, you don't make that paycheck, your bank account won't increase. A wealthy person not only has money but has time. And wealthy people mentor. Rich people don't have time to mentor. They're still chasing the bug. So on the social aspect, hopefully in 10, 20 years, we shall be teaching people to make real wealth. Because I've been blessed. I have a mentor. Right? And it's real, real life. I see. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So those are the four. And uh, if people wanted to reach out to you, reach out to your institution, you know, oh, how, yeah, how do they go about that? Wait, you're not yet willing to mentor people. You're already it's very hard to mentor someone in something you're not yet proficient in. Okay, let's talk about the institution. Then. I mean, people I can mentor to... you in some other aspects of life, but the wealth bit, I'm not yet in eight I figures. See. I see. No, no, no. Like people want to get wealthy. Those ones, they can come to me, send them to me. Yeah, those ones, but, I'll send them yeah. to you. I can actually <laughs> come no, I mean, like people who want to like talk about recovery and all that. People who, oh, you yeah. know, where you have the expertise to like... The, yeah. From my personal story, Yeah. there's so many... Twitter. Okay, what's your Twitter handle? Fahad bin Mohammed. Okay. That bin is not the other guy also. Uh, no, bin is uh, Fahad, son of Mohammed. My, my father is ah, called okay. Mohammed. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so just Fahad bin Mohammed. And you can reach me on my, on my private line, not yeah. the business one. We'll just uh, put that on, yeah, on, the, so on the screen. Uh, so, yeah, uh, what about the institution? What, like, uh, There's um, the Hayes, the Hayes Foundation. Mm -hmm. We have our handles up. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. Very soon, we're opening up a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And very soon, we're actually going to have a WhatsApp group, support group, where people can actually come and share views and talk about relevant issues. Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks a lot, Fahad, for this conversation. Yeah, this, I mean, it has jumped around, but I feel like we got some. Right. Yeah. Uh, 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 u